Hey everyone, welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Selena. And today we have a special episode where we will be covering a number of questions that we received directly from you, our amazing listeners. Yay! Actually, the, most of the questions we got for today come from our Instagram followers. Awesome. So if you haven't yet, hop over on Instagram, follow us there. We do ask for questions and we do answer those periodically on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But anyway, today's going to be a bit shorter, hopefully. We'll see. The <laughs> I don't know. We got a lot of good questions and we're just going to spend our time on those. Yeah. There's things like, what do you do when uh, one of your, one of you are full of pride or how do you deal with one of uh, spouses, an early bird or a night owl? What's your stand on toys or items before having sex? Whoa. 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 We're going to get into them. How do you Stay deal tuned. with a husband <laughs> who has uh, admitted a porn addiction? Yeah. Things like that. Wow. So anyway, we're, they're not easy answers, but yes. we're going to do our best. So thank you for listening and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. jump in and kind of talk about today's episode and whatnot, but we always will do our housekeeping. I think we need to always do our housekeeping. Well, you got to keep a clean house. Got to keep clean house. Got to keep that tidy. Keep them cobwebs (laughs) all cleaned up and uh, and ready for guests. Right. right? And you are our guests. (laughs) So we just, of course, want to thank you all up front for listening um, to this podcast. Thank you for those of you that have rated and reviewed it, if you have not, we would very much appreciate you taking a little bit of time come to on, do that. Come on, just give us a little rating. Just come give on. a little rating. Come on. Come on. Just give some stars. <laughs> Linguini's not pasta. <laughs> Portlandia reference. Uh-oh. Oh, we're jumping series Uh-oh. now. Yeah, so, so if you haven't yet, a rating means a lot, and it's super fast, and it helps get the word out. It does. Secondly... Patreon is a way that we um, help support this podcast. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing advertisements, uh, we we like to keep it clean of all that, if possible. Not mm-hmm. to guarantee that we will always, but that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you feel aligned with us missionally and you want to see the message of God's plan for marriage made loud and clear on the internet, you can help be a part of it. Yep. And here's how: go to Patreon.com/slash/FierceMarriage. Yes. And uh, you can basically pr- support us directly. From two dollars a month on up, and to uh, millions, to millions and billions of dollars <laughs> a month. We only have a couple billionaires on there. Oh, right now. okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so no, it, there are some benefits to being a backer, a patron, in that we give you some uh, different. There's this exclusive content and all that yeah, sort of stuff. So anyway, we'd love to have you in there. We've had a good time so far. Yes. We've even did a sneak peek of our book covers. <gasps> Our new books are coming out in about a month. Uh, I keep saying a month, so it keeps bumping out. <laughs> but if you're interested in those, you can get uh, you can get on that early release list by going 40prayers.com. It's 40 prayers for my husband and 40 prayers for my wife. Woo, so and good. And they've been transformational for us writing those. Yes, So we'd love joy. for you to jump on board for that. Finally, Selena, do you oh. have any questions? Oh, yeah. If you do have any questions, you can definitely ask. Uh, you can do that through going to f- our website, fiercemarriage.com slash podcast, or you can call or text in at 971-333-1120. We always want to make that available to you yes. guys. Okay. Um, so usually we do our highs and lows or our heart check, but we really just want to spend time answering these questions and going mm. through them for you all. Um, thank you for submitting them. Thank you for taking the yes. time to do that. I know they're going to be beneficial for maybe not just the person who wrote in, but for everyone listening. Yeah. So before we go in, there's a caveat. 
we don't have all the answers. We are, um, we are basically people that read our Bible. Mm-hmm. We have studied marriage a lot. We've lived in marriage for 15 years now, officially. Mm-hmm. This episode will come out after our 15th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we have some experience, some trials and error, trial and error. Yeah. We just really want to be transparent about what God has taught us and how we just some things we've kind of picked up along the way and what we've learned. And hopefully it'll be able to shed some light um, on your marriage and also illuminate Jesus within yeah. your relationship. Okay. Your so covenant. Yes. Very so, good. We're not going to start with that first one. We're going to warm up first. Okay. Okay. So we have a. <laughs> what someone asked, okay, what do you do when you no longer have feelings for or care about your spouse? That seems like a big question. That is a big question. However, the answer is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to be overly simple or mm-hmm. dismissive of this question, but here goes. You love them anyway. Mm. All right. So love is an action. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we see in scripture. That's Jesus loved God so loved and he loved the world in such a way mm-hmm. that he sent his son. He took action. Mm-hmm. That is love. Okay. And love is not. So to contrast that, the reason why you're, this person's asking this question is because they want, we want feelings. We mm-hmm. want to know how that feels. However, the world has made an idol out of our personal feelings that they are the end all be all of what we identify as truth of what we identify as valid. And I'm here to say that that is not a good metric for truth or Mm -hmm. validity. Mm -hmm. God's word is the only solid truth that Mm. we can stand on. Mm -hmm. And God's word teaches us that love is an action. So Mm. here's the encouragement. Love anyway, and love will beget feelings of love Mm -hmm. every time. And when I say love, don't just love in the sense of the world says love. Love as God has shown us to love, as Christ has shown us Mm -hmm. to love serve each other, mm-hmm. be selfless, be mm-hmm. generous with your words, be generous with your affection, mm-hmm. be generous. In, in our last episode, we talked about appreciation, mm-hmm. learn to appreciate, build your appetite of appreciation for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'll step off my soapbox now and Selena, you're going to no, say something. Good. No, I just, when you're talking about how Jesus, how he loves us, he, you know, Romans talks about how, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. There was, some of us had no affection for God at the point of when he died. Here's a question for you. you. Know? Do you think Jesus always likes us? I know he always loves us. Are you putting me on the spot or are you just asking I think it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Thank you. To be honest, I don't think, so when I sin, I don't think I am, I am bringing a fa- the, the, I don't think God likes us when we sin. I think he loves us because of Christ. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's, that's a complex question. I'm not going to go into that. I, I didn't theologically <laughs> think that one through. There's some nuance there. All right. Is, yes. So anyway. I think that answered that question. I think you answered it great. Yeah. Okay. So this is the question that we were avoiding and we're just going to do it. So I don't have to avoid it anymore. <laughs> and it's actually pretty easy to answer too. I think at least we talked about it beforehand and it's, I, I can't see it cause you're messing with the document right now. Sorry. What are you doing? Stop. Stop that. What are you <laughs> trying doing? to strike through so we don't know. You don't twice. need to strike <laughs> through anything. There's like 10 questions. It's not that hard. <laughs> Okay, we have a document up on the computer while we're doing this. And Selena's like, I can't see because the menu is over it. I was trying to help us out with organization. Opposite effect. (laughs) Okay, what is your stance on toys or items used while having sex or or used to help pleasure before sex? All right, I read it. So Selena, go ahead and answer it. You know this. (laughs) It's just my comfort zone here. Okay. No, anything we kind of, and you've heard us say this before in um, within the fierce marriage ecosystem of, you know, if it's edifying and if it's not causing pain, mm-hmm. um, 
and it's not bringing someone else into it, right? So, mm-hmm. like, watching porn together is not something that you do together. Um, oh, never. Well, yeah, and that's not, I think, what this question is asking. I think they're but wondering... But toys are it... items, but no, no, porn no, I... could be an item, then people have been okay. said okay. that we use this to kind of, like, get us going, maybe, or something. And so yeah. what I'm saying is that where our stance is, if it's not edifying, if it's bringing someone else into the equation... Um, then it's probably not a yeah. good idea. But if it is edifying and you both are mutually um, You're in okay agreement. and yeah. in agreement with it, yeah, um, then that's that's okay. Yep. Yeah. You want to add something to that? Uh, no, I think you nailed it. So I think, yeah, that's the big the big metric, right? So we t- we see in I think it's in Proverbs or is it in Psalms? I can never remember. I think it's in Proverbs. It says keep, let the may your fountain be overflowing. Right or let it be for you and you alone. Mm-hmm. It's talking about your. Um, I just butchered that verse, but uh, <laughs> it's the, it's keeping it undefiled, right? Keeping it right. pure, maybe right. pure for you to drink and you alone. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about the love, you know, y- your sex life as a couple. And so, what does it mean to to live in a? So anything that is driven by lust as opposed to love, mm-hmm. anything that's driven by selfishness or mm-hmm. selfish desire, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm taking from you instead of giving from you. Mm-hmm. I think that is a red flag that says that thing is not right. Mm-hmm. If one spouse is, is pressuring, yeah. say, so yeah, we we're going to try this new toy in bed. I think that dry, and the other one's not comfortable with that. Then, and they are saying no, but the other spouse is, the other spouse is pressuring them into it. Right. I think that drives against yeah. the spirit of love. There's got to be some humility. There's got to be some mm-hmm. service and just some humility in terms of like bringing it to the table, not just throwing it on the table and saying, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's very much a, what do you think about this? I yeah. don't know. It's kind of adventurous. What do you think? Or maybe we could think about it and talk about it and see, you know, it's very just respectful, I think. Yeah. And the... <clears throat> It's tricky because I, the, there are, I think, some some toys that you know. You, you first off buying these things is very risky, right? right. <laughs> you can't just go like into a store and buy it. Like you have right. to go to a store that is lending itself to pornographic material, right? right? So there's always that. That that, that to me for them is that to me is, is enough a, to say no, not yeah. not a chance because yeah. it, that whole experience is not an attitude of love, right? And so and even going online, like I wouldn't dare search for sex toys online, right? Right. You're just right. asking for it. Right. So there's there's all that to it. And, and so and... here's our personal conviction. We don't bring them into our sex life. And here's why. Because, frankly, I don't think they're necessary. Like, honestly, I mm-hmm. think, Selena, you're enough for me. I find you incredibly sexy in yourself. And I know I'm enough for you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you are. Uh, so th- then I don't mean to be on our high horse about that, but think about it like that all right is yeah. your spouse like they should be enough maybe there's ways you can enjoy each other more fully mm-hmm. and this is not to say that you can't explore those options i'm just saying like that's our stance on it i don't think i think god is lo- god as far as he you know as far as he con- is concerned i don't want to speak for him okay so this is me talking I'm not reading this out of the bible <laughs> i get the sense that you can enjoy sex within your marriage in any way that is mutually edifying and motivated by love and service mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, and that, that there's ways to qualify that things mm-hmm. like pain, degradation, never good, mm-hmm. right? Pain and degradation are, are red flags. Mm-hmm. So you need to, you need to listen to the Holy spirit. You need to, um, if you still have questions on it, get counsel from people who know you, who mm-hmm. you trust mm-hmm. of the same sex. Um, if you're <clears> a wife, go to another wife or a husband, go to another husband. Don't mm-hmm. cross the gender mm-hmm. boundary there. Anyway, hope that, hope that is helpful yeah. and nuanced enough. Yeah. 
Okay. The next question. Da, da, da. When did you guys know you were ready to have kids? We actually, we do get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we were married at the ripe old age of 20 and 21. I was 21. He was 20. Six months yep, difference. There he, that is. I'm sure everybody knows that now. Um, so we kind of went into marriage thinking maybe we can wait for a little while since we're so young and mm -hmm. don't have our lives together, whatever that means. I still feel like our lives are crazy, but in a good way. Um, <clears throat> and I think there was just some, there was some, I want to say some like benchmarks, some things that we, you know, we wanted to graduate college. We got married in the middle of college. There were some things that we kind of felt like we needed to do before we had kids or we wanted to be able, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hesitating with this because I just listened to a podcast of like how many kids, yeah, when should you have kids? And so the whole perspective is just, um, am I being, you know, are we being selfish and when we wanted to have kids and looking back, I don't think we were. Um, I felt like God was very much leading that charge in our lives. And when we did decide to go ahead and pull the trigger and, and try, if we felt very at peace with that, we felt a lot mm -hmm. of joy. Um, we both were in agreement on that. I think we kind of had gone back and forth where he might've been ready yeah. and I wasn't, or I was ready and he wasn't. And so there was a lot of just prayerful yeah. consideration around that. And were we ready to have kids when we got married? I mean, yeah, you kind of got to be ready if you're going to be, you know, diving in there. But so we're going to do a podcast um, in in the near future on this topic mm -hmm. in more detail and the idea of kids and mm -hmm. even I, the idea of waiting to have kids after you're married and how you go about waiting. Why uh, and, namely, is it okay to wait? Yeah, wh Those what that looks like. Yeah. Because there's a lot to talk about here. Yes. Contraception yeah. is a big topic. Yeah. We're going to tackle that. Um, so we have some conv convictions in that area that I believe are backed by the Bible and backed by science and mm -hmm. things. We'll get into that. However, the key is not to let selfishness reign mm -hmm. in this area, right? Kids are not a commodity. Right. So we, I think there was a hint of that, meaning that, okay, so when we got married, we got married young, so there's right. that. We had to finish college. Right. Then I got really, really sick and had had to have open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. If you don't know that story. By the book. By the book, Fierce <laughs> Marriage. You'll get that plus more. And then, uh, so all that happened. And then we were dirt poor because we came back from Switzerland where mm -hmm. I had heart surgery and we had no money. It would have been pretty irresponsible right. and, and honestly, financially debilitating to have, to have a child at that time in our lives. And by, and the, the being financially like viable is not the end all be all of the Christian life. However, we did not feel peace because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, in loving our family well, um, and loving our babies well, right. and loving each other well, it would have right. added stress. And so we, now and keep in mind, we weren't using chemical contraception at this time. Right. So we had kind of, there was always the possibility right. of, of breaking the dam, so to speak, <laughs> and having a baby mm -hmm. unintentionally. And we would have, we were always ready to accept that, right. that reality. Right. Now, God was gracious and for whatever reason, allowed us to have a say in when our first baby was born. And right. so we, we waited till our 10th year of marriage right. and ended up being great. And frankly, after having our first daughter, I thought, why, what, what were we waiting for? This is amazing. <laughs> right. Granted, I'm glad we waited because we were able to do a lot of other stuff that I think has given us a foundation for where we right. were raising babies today. Right. So I think it's there. really, yeah. And I think, you know, part one of the podcasts I listened to, the biggest thing that I really appreciated about the conversation was um, making sure that your heart is just is right before God and having him again, just kind of 
search my heart oh god you like you know the depths of why i make decisions and why we don't mm-hmm. and if we can have a say in things like procreating um what flesh out the selfishness inside of yeah. me and what is this but there's part of you that is like you really desire that it's a natural desire and want and i don't think that's necessarily selfishness i think it's just a desire so we we i don't think you can ever know if you're like ready i think you just pray you talk to god you talk to mm-hmm. each other um you use wisdom and you use uh knowledge and understanding and discerning of the holy spirit and if God allows us to have children, then we have children. And that is children. They are a blessing. And that's the big thing that I wanted to, I think, you know, stick a uh, Mm -hmm. feather in this conversation. (laughs) And that's in that sense is that it's kids are not a commodity. They're a blessing. And man, and they're a blessing in thousands of ways. I think the biggest way is that we are able to see and experience the love of a parent for a child. Mm. And we're able to we able to experience sanctification in a in a more visceral way than ever before. Yeah. When you have a little mirror staring back at you <laughs> that shows you all of your faults, all your sin and, and brokenness, and and all your desperate all need your for Jesus. Yeah. So it's driven us closer to Jesus. It's yes. driven us closer together. Yeah. If a couple lacks that foundation, there's an I think there could be an argument made for uh, for waiting. That, right. That is not that won't forsake the fact that kids are a blessing. Right. But God is also sovereign and, and good. Yes. And it, and children have been born in, into hard, hard situations. And you know what? God is still good and sovereign and still able to draw us all close to him and yep. into him. So um, hopefully that kind of answers some qu- some of that question there. Some big questions. Good stuff. Okay. We'll do the question number four. What's something that may have annoyed you about the other that you now do? <laughs> What annoys you about me? This is a fun one. I already know what you're going to say about me. When we met, it was how I like chewed my food or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, very aggressive chewer. <laughs> Fast and aggressive. And somewhat loud, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Very sense- he's very sound sensitive. I have a disorder, all right? <laughs> that has not been diagnosed. I think it's a disorder. It's self-diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> so sensitive to sound. Like there could be the smallest little rattle in our car on the freeway, and, and I'm, I'm on the verge of like jumping out. Of the car. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. What are you hearing? I'll be sitting here, and I'll be like, What was that? What was that? She's like, What are you talking about? What was that? I can hear. <laughs> it goes back to my childhood. <laughs> Sensitive. Uh, um, okay. So something that has an that annoyed you about, and I'm, you do it now still. Is well, that the question? I think so. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do I, how do I know you? Oh, you can't think of anything. That's sweet. No, I'm just trying to pick which one's the nice <laughs> Trying to pick one. which one's the nice <laughs> oh, I sometimes, I guess when I'm like, when the girls are sleeping or was trying to have like, it's trying to be quiet. I feel like you're loud even when you're trying to be quiet. So maybe you've made me more sensitive mm. to sound. You're more sensitive to smells, I, I would say. Okay. Yes. I, well, I thought about that one, but I didn't want to <laughs> say it. I'm a man. All right. I have he's, man smells. He's unashamed I go of, his, to the gym. of his man musk. And yeah, um, showering is a, is a, is, is not a luxury that I can always afford <laughs> time to. No, smells are definitely like, I have a, a huge association with smells. So yeah, that probably is something that okay. I'm like, can you just put deodorant on or something? <laughs> or like <laughs> not stink and come over and kiss me. 
<laughs> I try to extend grace there sometimes. Well, I don't like living this perpetual state of stank. All right. <laughs> I'll right. come back from the gym. I'll be sweaty. And I'll be like, take a shower. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> That's the give me a kiss. <laughs> anyway. What about me? It's the, it's the, the chewing. Yeah. Just, just the other day. <laughs> I know, I know that I'm obnoxious. Okay. But I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. And so we're driving That's in the car. That's probably my most favorite line of our, all of our podcasts right now. <laughs> I know that I'm obnoxious, but I can't help it. So I was, admit we were, this in your marriage. It will do wonders. The girls had, they had done something to get a treat. That, and so we got them ice cream cones at McDonald's, right? We try to get the, like, <laughs> the low the lower on the on the ice cream right because they're like not that old get the smallest amount yeah there it is so articulate (laughs) and our second never eats her cone and Selena's like oh i'll eat it (laughs) and you start eating it and you get like three bites in and i'm like can can you can you just not eat that right now (laughs) and then i just like fine and but i'm so tempted to eat it because i love the cones <laughs> and i know what he's thinking but i'm just I'm like, like she's gonna bite it i'm like this is it. just a result of him having a bad day and he's just been grumpy all day and so now it's just it's just like coming to life and fruition and me eating this cone. but you didn't you didn't, I didn't. I and you didn't even say anything you just and then you she just wanted stopped. it back so i had to give it back i saved you i saved us because if, if she asked for it and doesn't get it, then <laughs> it's she's at that old, age where you can't two-year-old terrorism after yeah. that two-year-old terrorist <laughs> Uh, so there's that. There's that. So my smells and your your sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just the most attractive couple right now. All right. Anyway. Hey, transparency people. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see. How do you love a husband that is full of pride? It's hard. No, I'm kidding. No, you. Yeah. It is. It, it is very. I. Okay, so we're just hearing this question. We know no. We don't know anything about anyone writing this. So. You know, I don't know what experiences they've had, um, but I think the answer is is the same. You know, to that we had a, another question of when do you when you don't have these feelings of love or you don't care about your spouse, what what do you do? And the answer I feel like is the same here: is they're, yes, they're full of pride, but we are still we're still in our covenant and a covenant of love. Um, we've committed to love each other. We've committed to pray for each other and work through things with each other. Um, so I think part of loving your husband is first praying for them and praying also for your own heart, um, mm-hmm. to not become bitter towards the pride that maybe you're seeing. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say get into scripture all the time, know Jesus and know, I feel like knowing Jesus humbles me as a believer and as just a woman and person and child of God that I am always prideful. Right. Mm -hmm. I live out of this pride of what I've done and how I've what I've achieved and how I've gotten this far. Um, We can very easily fall into our own um, strengths and rely on our own abilities. I think that's and that's a prideful aspect of us as well. So when she says, how do you love a husband that's full of pride? I'm picturing a guy that's like, I don't need church. I don't need counseling. I don't need, you know, I'm always right. You're always wrong. Yeah. Right. I so, don't want to talk about. I don't want to hear about what you have to say. Or yeah, yeah. So I'm. I'm that could play out in, in a number of ways. So how do you love that person? Um, the pat. The the quick answer is like you can only love them because you understand love itself. You understand through, Christ through Christ. That's why I'm saying that's being what, yeah. in the scriptures, so understanding who that's Jesus how is. You yeah. love him now tangibly. What? How can you? Where? Where's the hope for you? Mm. The hope for you is in 
being fully, you know, sufficiently um, provided for by Christ. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he's enough. Knowing that he's enough, right? right. And, and um, I think it's the early part of Philippians. It says we have all, we have all we need for, mm, life, and for life and godliness. For life itself and for mm-hmm. godliness. And so we, we really do have all we need mm-hmm. in Jesus. Now, that, that can make for a very lonely marriage if right. you feel like your husband is totally closed off. Right. So how do you cope with that? I'd say get into a good community of mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Who you can talk with, who can support you through prayer and through encouragement, who can exhort you and pray with you for your husband, who right. can contend for your right. marriage, not just for you, but for your marriage yeah. and for the heart of your husband to be softened right. to the Holy Spirit and, and then watch. Frankly, watch and see right. what God does. Right. right. The prayers of a righteous avail much. Right. Because pray with faith, pray to see that mountain moved and and then trust Jesus with the heart of your husband. Because we are not the heart transformers here. We cannot transform a person's heart. That is God's work and his, yeah. own, his work alone. It's God's business. And, yeah. And one of, um, not to, not to pipe in our 40 prayers book, but one of the prayers that I did write was for humility. Um, in my husband. And it was a weird prayer to write because I feel like I'm prideful writing this humble, my husband, Lord, you know, and I, I'm very transparent in what we wrote, but you know, there's so many verses. God's word is chocked full of like the goodness of humility and what it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not being less of a person, you know, it's, it's this whole path and this yeah. way of living because of Christ. So, Again, pray with your husband, if mm-hmm. you will, or pray for your husband, for sure. Talk to other wives yeah. who maybe are, have dealt with or are dealing with some of this yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and pray for a softness of his heart and that wisdom would... Pray for his for wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Bible says that um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So pray that he would fear the Lord mm-hmm. in a way that recognizes God for who he is and recognizes himself as a, as a fallen man in need of grace, in need of a savior for who he is. So now that's pride on that level. If it's just pride in the sense where he's not listening to you, maybe he, then he needs to, con- he needs to go deeper into his uh, community mm. online or his community of believers so that they can sharpen him mm. and lovingly rebuke him right. um, in his pride. So anyway, importance of community right there. Yeah. Next one. What do you got? Sel? ideas for spouses when one is a night owl and the other is an early bird, early bird. <laughs> um yeah. I think this is a, this answer is all about intentionality and loving and pursuing each other and some self self sacrifice here. Mm-hmm. Um I do know that there are people that deal with insomnia, there's people there's things that we can deal with in terms of we just stay up late. I Some feel... people have different propensities for like the early hours versus the late hours, right. circadian rhythms and all right. that kind of stuff. So there is some science there that we right. just know that we're not like trying to gloss over that. Right. I, I, I think, however, There's also we're careers. not victims of our, yeah. in that regard, we're not victims of like our predispositions, right? right? You can train yourself to be an early person or, right. or, or some or, self-control or, that can be exercised. There. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some ways A that you can go about doing yeah. that. Uh, and there's, we understand that there's careers too. Sometimes you work nights mm-hmm. and work versus I don't think days. that's what this question is. Yeah, I no, think it's I know. one person pr- prefers to stay up and the other one watch doesn't. a movie and the other one always falls asleep type of thing. <laughs> right. So there's some, so, but what concerns me here's, I'm just going to be yep. candid. What concerns me here is if the, the like sin always happens in the late hours in the dark, right? So if, if a husband is always staying up late after a wife has gone to bed, 
Um, that's a, that's a red flag to me that the husband is probably, um, entertaining an addiction that's bad, whether it's like drinking or pornography or video games or anything that's, cause if you're not sleeping well, if they're not sleeping well and there's an addiction playing into it, mm-hmm. then that's usually a problem. That's not what this question's asking. I'm just telling you that that's, if this is a friend of mine and, or if it's a friend of ours and the wife says, Hey, he's always up so late. And after we go to bed and I just want to like go to bed together mm-hmm. and have conversations when we're falling asleep and read books, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, well I would talk to him and say, Hey, what's going on? Are you, right. Right. is there anything that we're, we need to talk about yeah. in there? Why are you staying up after, you know, if this bothers your wife, why can't you give to her in this mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. And that's the conversation I would have with him. I don't know if it's a husband or a wife dealing with that right. in this instance, but. Right. So I think, you know, if one of you stays up late and the other is gets up super early. I think y'all just need to figure out some time that works and be intentional and compromise and have some self-sacrifice and be intentional. It's so Ooh, important to be intentional. We don't like to hear that we word. We don't like that, that word. That term. But if yeah. we're being transparent, you know, we got to meet each other where we're at. And what what else is more important than than spending time together and building your covenant, building your relationship um, and connecting and unifying even more. I I'll mean, tell you what, watching Netflix, that's what's more important. What? Yeah. You know what? Anyway, I'm being sarcastic. You're just feeling your oats right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. Yeah. They're my oats. <laughs> They're my right? oats. I do what I want. <laughs> They're your <laughs> oats. Just my wild oats. <laughs> They're your oats. Anyway, okay, next question. Oh, the office. Um, how can we be brave to be intimate when, when your kids are home but asleep? So someone asked us how can we do that. Oh, he's, I think they're saying it's brave to be intimate when your girls are home but asleep. Oh, well, I, I, I took know. it as a question of how can how yeah. can you be more brave or yeah, how, how are true. we finding – brave is a term they use in, in quotations. <laughs> that's why we keep using it. So the way we're brave is we lock the door. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, when that, they're asleep or when yeah. they're nap- yeah, asleep, napping. Nighttime I feel like is harder because, A, we're all just tired um, yeah. and it's hard to kind of – get intimacy happening at least for us right now with being parents yeah. of young kids i just want to sleep <laughs> <laughs> just gotta sleep um yeah so we lock the door we definitely try to be secure about that if i guess we're, yeah if we're engaging in marital activities <laughs> we will definitely lock the Mommy, door Daddy's otherwise time. the door is not locked <laughs> yeah uh, for obvious reasons yeah. but yeah so i think ways that so i think maybe the question is asking how to maybe make this uh, we'll, we'll, we have another podcast coming up yeah. on this as well. Yeah. But basically maintaining a healthy, intimate life with kids in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, young kids, young especially. Kids, young kids yeah. in the house. Because young kids can be very demanding on all levels. Oh, my word. Yes. And, and that's just kind of your teaching and training them how to not be, for one. Like, but I, just need, to- I just want three minutes. That's all I want. <laughs> Maybe four. <laughs> Don't push it. I'm kidding. It's, um, we have more time than that. No. <laughs> it's not that fast. I wasn't even talking about that. Well, I was. I, know. I was joking. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of knowing your schedules, knowing your times of when you can be close together and have that time mm-hmm. together. You know, if you know your kids are solid and they're going to follow the green clock and not cut out of bed until they the clock turns green, which if you don't know about that, get a green clock. The wide awake clock, um, it keeps little kids in bed longer yeah. than you they need to be sometimes. And we've had to... Um, and. And intimacy, not just sexual intimacy, but relational intimacy, yes. we'll hire babysitters so we can yep. go out yep. On a and date. experience each other in new ways relationally. Right. Not just, can you just fill the car up with gas and take the garbage out so that I can go do this thing with that? <laughs> yeah. And then I will say this, if it comes down to a, a healthy, intimate um, 
uh, occurrence where maybe you, you know you need to be close, you need to have sex for the health of your marriage, yeah. for the health of your relationship. If it comes, if it's down to that and letting the kids watching TV or not for a half hour, <laughs> I think it's okay to let them watch TV for a half yes. hour. I'm going to tell you that. Like, <laughs> green light from us. That's not going to break your child's mind to watch cartoons for 30 minutes alone. All right. 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 I think it might make or break uh, your, your marital health in that right. moment. So, which is. So be liberated in that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. How do you deal with in-laws that are very close to you but don't respect your lifestyle and or space? Okay. So I'm assuming in this question they're very close, meaning uh, geographically as well as probably somewhat relationally. Um, they're meddlers. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but <laughs> I, well, um, meddlers, I guess that. All. I guess that because if, if this person's writing in saying they don't respect your lifestyle and your space, then but you're close to them. That wouldn't really make sense because I feel like if you're close to somebody, you can kind of talk about boundaries ideally, right? And talk about this is our life, this is our home, and this is why we have to – this is how we're functioning for for the moment. I think my my question for that couple is um, why – why are they they not respecting your lifestyle and your space? Mm -hmm. So if if they don't share your faith – yeah. If they don't share um, your value of, of family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, we have some views on like the nuclear family and, and the individuality therein that we tend to kind of like that, – that's different, right? I don't think every family needs to have four generations under the same roof necessarily. Right. But I think there should be a good bit of open door policy between family right. but also mutual respect right? Um, based on precedent that you set. So how do you deal with that? Uh, change your he- locks. <laughs> Stop. Block some phone numbers. No, I think that you and your Kidding. husband are uh, speaking from a wife, but you and your spouse need to have a, a hard conversation about how you both are feeling. First of all, like if the wife is feeling like the in-laws are impeding, then they need to have, she needs to have a conversation with her husband first. Yeah. Cause he may be unaware of it or exactly. he may like it right. to some regard right. or, or she may like it and be unaware of it if it's her family. Right. And right. so you need to find agreement on that right. and articulate that clearly. Through biblical yeah. wisdom and yeah. understanding. And I if think. they're not respecting your space or your lifestyle and they're, and if that's, if they're trying to divide your marriage in some way, mm. then that's mm-hmm. where you need to understand like you are the family, they are the relatives. Right. They, you are contending for yourself. They need to contend for your marriage, not just their right. child. Right. They need to advocate for your covenant, and yeah. that is another phrase that we use a lot. And I think the whole, um, the whole family, like we are family, they are relatives. That's a hard transition because you grew up with this family, right? At one time, you were the family and not the relatives, and now you've created with your kids or mm-hmm. with. So there's this kind of like sticky. Uh, relationship kind of aspect of, well, you are my family, but right now I'm these, these are my disciples. These are my family right mm-hmm. now that I feel like that God has called me to very clearly to, yeah. to love, train, devote my time and energy and focus to, um, not that yeah. we can't do anything else with anyone else, but this is where I could use your help, um, in, in, respecting our lifestyle or supporting us. You know, I feel like a lot of it is how you have the conversation. So if I'm coming to you saying, Ryan, I think what I'm feeling like, and not saying this in like a, this is what I'm feeling like, so deal with it. But humbly coming to you saying, I feel like, you know, and this is just purely hypothetical, but I feel like your parents are kind of always calling or texting and they always want to like have our Saturdays and those are kind of our family days. And am I just feeling this my own way or do you, are you seeing and feeling this as well? Cause maybe I'm, maybe I'm off in this. Can you help me 
um, understand this a little bit more, yeah. you know, trying to get a pulse on it. And then it's up to the other spouse to be, have open ears in that moment and right. not just get defensive right. of their family. Cause right. that's the, that's the tendency. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had another thought shoot. Oh yeah. So I, I can say this and have empathy for your in-laws as yeah. well. Yeah. Because Grace as a empathy. husband and as a father, I, I, I know this is my family and I own it and I'm putting the hedge up around them in a way that I need to protect, protect everyone. Mm-hmm. But as a father, I know that someday I'm going to be the one outside of the hedge mm-hmm. when our daughters have families of their own. Right. And I need Jesus to help me with that because right. like, I'm going to want to be involved. Right. Maybe when they're adults, like I'll be okay <laughs> with that parent, right now, parent, right? but right now they're in, they're so young that yeah. I like, can't even imagine that. I'm hoping that my heart gets around to that by the time the time comes. Right. So empathy is always good. Try empathy to put yourself in their shoes and then humility, love them well. Humility, empathy, grace, and love. <laughs> yes. All of those things. Okay. Um, next question. And we got just these last two questions here. As a wife, how do you respond to a husband who admits a porn addiction? Mm. Um, I think this is a really great question. We've answered this before, but I, the way this question is phrased is important too. So how do I as a wife respond to a husband who admits porn? who admits that he has an addiction to That's pornography. That's a huge step for a husband, to, right. for a man to come around to that, understanding that A, it's sin, B, I'm addicted. C, it's bad for my marriage. It's bad for my life. And I want to repent. And I want to, and yeah, and I'm sorry, and I want to repent. Right. So if he's okay. at that place, I think that's that's a huge opportunity to love him well. Absolutely. And be kind right. and gracious. Right. Obviously, there's some pain that probably needs to be worked through. Some forgiveness needs to happen. Some yep. Maybe some counseling right. for, for both you and him. Absolutely. It's another story if he's not repentant. Right, right. If he's just like, it's not hurting anyone. That's Talking's- the argument you always hear. It's like, porn hurts nobody. Why? Why? I can enjoy it. Why do I have to? Mm-hmm. Don't impose your morality on me. <laughs> and we're here to say that definitively that porn hurts a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. It is not God's and generations way. of people. Generations. Too. It, I mean, the ripple effect is immense. Right. So, if he, but if he if he hasn't heard that or bought into that, then then this pray. is a different conversation. Different conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. So to the wife who who has a husband who is saying, "I am coming to you, and I have been addicted to porn, and I'm having a hard time. I don't know what to do." Um, like help, I would say to her, um, it's okay to feel hurt and betrayed. Um, I think that those feelings are natural and normal and I wouldn't let those feelings run the show. If you're a very emotional person, I tend to react emotionally before I react like logically sometimes. And so sometimes I need a day or two to sort through those emotions and process and feel those before I say, okay, let's look at a plan to work through this. Um, and then when we get the plan for me would and has been for us is saying, okay, first of all, if we, if this is a really, I I feel like any porn addiction is, is deep, but if this is just very consistent and it's consumed life, finances, resources, everything, then there's got to be some professional help at some level, I believe. Um, start there. I would I, also I back you up in that. And okay. I think there's probably good evidence right. for why right. you need professional help. Right. Yeah. It's not just your belief, but I think it is okay. very sound. Right. Advice. And there's, yeah. you know, we're not called to just do this on our own. Um, that being said, not doing this on our own is, is admitting, you know, talking to each other and admitting to each other, you know, where we're at and saying, I know for me as a wife, when I said to you, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I said like, this hurts me. And this is, I feel like betrayed by this, but I don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to go somewhere else. I don't want you to feel 
I know you already feel shame because it's been an indication of how you've come to me and you've said that I've, you've admitted this, you're repenting of this and you want to seek reconciliation on this. So my response to you can only be one of grace and only not grace saying, oh, it's fine. You're good. It's saying, I recognize the depth and the hurt and things that have happened because of this mm. uh, to you, to me, to our relationship. I forgive you. And I want to walk through this with you. How can I help you? How can I not just be your accountability partner, but how can we be more transparent in order to be more unified? Yeah, that's really good. But, and I would say the only way a wife can come to her husband mm. in that, with that voice and with that heart posture is if they've experienced the, the goodness of God through mm-hmm. the gospel. It's very Holy Spirit led for and me. What I that mean was by what that it is was. We, we have this thing, saying, and we say it to each other, we say it in our writing, but how can I possibly hold your sin against you when I when Christ has not held my sin against me? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, and what we mean by that, is that it's a heart posture. It's not. It's the gospel is an equal. It equalizes the playing field. We're mm-hmm. all sinners. We all need grace. We've all received grace if we've if we've gi- given our hearts and our trust to Jesus. Mm-hmm. If we're in Him, we have received His grace. Mm-hmm. And so I can't as if you sin against me, I can't hold it against you mm-hmm. from a righteousness standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now there's still. Fallout. There's still consequences yeah. and there's still work that has to be done to recover the trust that was lost. Yeah. But I think a, a wife can only come to her husband with love in her heart after a time of mourning, of mourning mm-hmm. that, that sense of betrayal yeah. if she's experienced the gospel. And that's where we always try to point you to Jesus right. because he's the only one that can right. really there is a make huge, sense of this. There's a huge opportunity for a husband and a wife to experience God's grace through each other to experience the depth of his forgiveness and his love. I heard somebody say on a podcast that the deep, the deepest, darkest sin that you did or have done, that is the sin that Jesus died for. That's the very sin that he died for. And so to bring that to light to your spouse is a hard, hard, hard thing to come together and say, okay, we understand that this has been, the stuff's been broken and things are, needing repair and we need to go to God. Um, we need counsel, whether that is in the form of professional counseling, um, people in your church, couples in your church that you trust, that know you, that are part of your life, whether that's going to them, um, and figuring out a plan of how do we, how do we overcome this? How can I, as a wife, love you through this? How, what does a conversation look like in terms of checking in with each other? It's not rehashing crime scenes, but it's saying, did you struggle? Did it lead to something? Okay. Do you like, okay, you're repenting. I forgive you. Can we, how can we work through this? Like it's this constant repent and believe, repent and believe. And there's forgiveness that has to be offered in those situations. So again, and this is not out of giving permission. This is saying we're at this point of repentance. We need grace so badly. For this reconciliation. Preach, girl. That's good. Okay. That's really good. Thank you. Last question. I think you can answer this Yeah, one. best resource specifically for a fair recovery and reconciliation in marriage. Uh, my preface, I'll preface it with this. It really depends on what you're, you're actively trying to recover from in terms of are you having a hard time forgiving? Are you having a hard time mm. rebuilding? Trust. Trust. What, mm. what is what Or is regaining that, intimacy. Or regaining intimacy. Yeah. So, so I think I don't have, we don't have a list of resources there. However... Um, I know there are good books on forgiveness. There are good uh-huh. books on, on those topics. I just couldn't I find them. I think there's more and more resources being written yes. about so how to... There's a really... Sorry, I interrupted you. There's a really good one. What is it? It's by Justin and Trish, Trisha Davis. Oh, yeah. They have a ministry called... Um, 
um, uh, what is it? Uh, refine us. Refine, refine us. Refine us. Yeah. I think it's refine.us, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Uh, but they they have talked about he um, he had had a, he was a pastor mm-hmm. and he had an affair, and um, this is their journey. Yeah. Through that, they wrote a book about they wrote it. Wrote a whole book on it. They speak on it, and it is incredible. It's an incredible yeah. testimony of God in their marriage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's Trisha Davis. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to we'll, find that right now. And then the other one is is uh, uh, you go to uh, marriagehelp.org. Yeah marriagehelp.org and that is that will lead you to a ministry of our friends down in um, Dallas mm. it's a church an amazing church called Watermark Church um, and they they have a thing called Reengage, mm. and it's Reconnect, Reignite, Resurrect. So and they good. have these groups all over the country. These churches will do Reengage groups, mm-hmm. and it's t- it's probably the best ministry that I mean, it's for sure the best ministry that I know of in this area mm-hmm. um, in terms of dealing with rekindling a broken marriage. Mm. Um, yeah, so I wanted to find that book from Justin and, and Trisha Davis, and I got it right here. Uh, let's see, where is it? They had a pop-up, so... Beyond beyond Ordinary. <laughs> it's called Beyond Ordinary. Yeah. There you go. So good. So you can beyondordinary.refineus.org. Um, yep. It's on Amazon, all that good stuff. Yep. So we'll put links in the show notes uh, for these resources yeah. at the end here. I but, think yeah. that more... I mean, sadly, but also awesomely, there are more and more resources being produced about this, about infidelity and affairs. And reconciliation. And reconciliation. Because in the past, that, it would just... End in divorce and you just end your, and that would be the end of it. And now it's like, wow, God is at work within this brokenness and it can only be a testament to God. I don't know Mm -hmm. anybody who could bootstrap themselves through anything like this. Yeah. You also see in the past, there's a good number of, especially like older generations, people that are in their fifties and Mm sixties and seventies where men would be unfaithful, Mm -hmm. whether they were overseas or they were out on work or whatever. There's a culture back then of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, it's they just need to deal with it. And the wives are just sweeping under the rug. Right. right? And they're right. dying inside. Right. And their right. husband is dying because yep. he's living in an unrepentant sin. Right. And um, yeah. that's, we're on it. We're, we've turned a new leaf. Right. 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 And I don't think the sin <clears throat> occurrence has increased. I just think, I think we're dealing with it. Right. And the, the point is to deal with it in a godly, biblical, yes. healthy way. Yes. So these resources will help you with that. Yeah. Again, uh, marriagehelp.org. If you've had, if you've experienced infidelity or any sort of brokenness mm-hmm. that has been devastating to your marriage, they can, um, they've got some groups and tools to help you, um, deal with that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Beyond Ordinary by Justin and Trisha Davis, mm. um, incredible resource there. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for your questions. Um, we'll definitely be diving into more. We try to do these kind of once or twice a quarter to be able to gather, take time to gather the questions and then answer them, um, for, people for everyone that's asking in a thoughtful way yeah, thoughtful. kind of cleans out our inbox a little bit um and, <laughs> Mr. And all way. business here. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do have any other questions again you can write them in or call text whatever 971-333-1120 fiercemarriage.com slash ask ask um and we'll write some of these questions in um the topic and how like outline them so that when you look at the podcast you can say oh they're covering these topics you should listen to this podcast it talks about this and or share it with a friend you know those are great ways i love sharing podcasts with friends because they can listen at it listen to it whenever they want and it's not like hey you need this it's like hey i found this awesome tool i want to share it with you yeah and and then you can talk about it right 
after you've shared right, it. Yeah, right. which we've done that with friends. It's yes. been really fun. So Helps the process. Through. Yeah, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, rate, share. We the podcast thrives on this. We just want to get God out into the world and his mm-hmm. his design for marriage and his Frankly just the gospel. The gospel. We said yes. this before. <laughs> marriage is just an excuse to talk about the gospel mm-hmm. and it, but it bears weight on every aspect of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so we love talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks again for listening. We mm-hmm. love you guys. Thank you um just for your prayers and support. We feel it. Mm-hmm. We know we get some we get encouraging emails and messages mm-hmm. and I just I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. It means a ton to us. Yes. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go get some lunch. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm really hungry. It's dramatic. I'm not dying. but Well, I am slowly. You're not. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this time together um, with, with Selena and with these couples who are listening in. I pray that um, that this wisdom w- was sound. I pray that if, it's, if, uh, if we ever went sideways, I pray that you would correct the words as they're being listened to, Lord, mm-hmm. by your grace. I thank you for the grace to record this. I pray that the couples listening to this would be encouraged and be mm-hmm. equipped and be inspired um, to really uh, live out this life in light of the gospel. And I pray that it would bear real fruit in their life, in the life of the, um, the children, their children, or perhaps other relationships, um, friends that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I pray that it would go far and wide, that your, mm-hmm. word, your word would reach to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. God, and uh, again, so grace, uh, so thankful for your grace. Mm-hmm. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. There we go. Episode 53, I believe. 52. Episode 52 is in the can. (laughs) That was lackluster. It's in the can. All right. All right, guys, we will see you in seven days. Stay fierce. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.